Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for such a long time. Isn't that a wonderful name to call upon in the time of trouble? The Bible said he was a very present help in times of trouble. Well, guess what? There's a whole lot of trouble. There's a whole lot of trouble. There's trouble on every hand. Perplexing times. I told the Lord very early this morning, Lord, I don't have to tell you this, but these are perilous times. These are perplexing times. These are times when men's days are short. Job said, full of trouble. Here we are. I don't know of anything else to do. It just call on the name that is above every name. The healer. The problem solver. The encourager. The one with whom there is no impossibilities. What a God we serve. And aren't you glad you know his name today? I, I want to I slow down for just a moment. Thank you, praise team. What an awesome job. Give them a hand. What an awesome job they've done this morning. Before I preach to you, there's a little chorus that just rings in my spirit today. I can't get away from it. Sometimes we just come to church and we pass through the catechisms of church and religion so fast that we don't pause to see what God has for us. I believe church is a great place to get filled up where you could go out and tell somebody about Him. Amen. It's a great place for that. But in order for us to get filled up, we must hear the word of the Lord. And I just, I want you to sing a little prayer with me today. It's a song, but I want you to sing it as a prayer. It just goes something like this. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I give all myself. your eyes and sing that to him right now. Here I am, Lord. Here I am today. That's what I want to happen. Let your spirit
wonder if we could sing that. Just get us started and then just shut the music down. I want to hear you sing today. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Sing it. I give all myself to you. book of the Bible, Jude 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should, watch this line, earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. If I might, I would just like to read that from the New International Version, those four verses, very quickly today. It said, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved by God and the Father and kept by Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. But then he said this, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt, I felt, I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Inventory time. It's my subject today. If I could just talk to you for a few minutes this morning and tell you, there comes a time in every business, if you're a business owner, you know this already. Usually it happens at the end of the year, maybe at the first of the year, 
There's a time that you spend inventorying to see what is in your inventory. You, you have to find out where you are, exactly what you have, what you do not have, what you have too much of, what you don't have enough of. It's called inventory. Every good business does inventory. Well, I want to I take that little terminology today and apply it in a spiritual sense because in my humble opinion, what Jude was doing was he was saying this. He said, I, I wanted to write to you about our common salvation that we've been entrusted with. I would have loved to wrote to you about the love of God and the cross and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. But he said, I, I felt I had to write and urge you that you need to contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints or entrusted unto the saints. And then he went on to say, We've lost some things because certain people have come along and they've slipped in among you. They're godless. They are people who have changed the grace of God into license for immorality. And they have, they have changed the goodness of God into lasciviousness, the grace of God into lasciviousness, he said. And, and I, I read all of that. Matter of fact, two days ago, I woke up. And the scripture was in my mind, and I have not been able to get rid of it. Because Jude went on in that book, if you read him carefully, he said, I want you to remember some things. He said, I put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord saved the people. He saved his own people out of the land of Egypt, and afterward he destroyed them that believed not. Because they didn't believe, he destroyed them. And he said, uh, the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he reserved them in everlasting chains. Those that rebelled against God with Satan before the worlds were formed. He said, I have reserved them in chains under darkness and to the judgment of the great day. And he said, there's Sodom and Gomorrah, pardon me, and the cities about them in like manner, giving them over to fornication and after going after strange flesh and set forth an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. He said, likewise, likewise, there's filthy dreamers that defile the flesh and despise dominion and they speak evil of dignities. He said, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Stay with me here. But these, he said, speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally is brute beast, and those things they corrupt themselves. He said this, watch this, woe unto them, woe unto them, for they've gone after the way of Cain. They offered Saul's sacrifice. And they ran greedily after the era of Balaam for money, for reward. And perished in the gain, saying, of Korah, who was rebellious against leadership. These spots are in your feast of charity. They come to church. And when they feast with you, they are feeding themselves without fear. They don't have any fear. They just come and sit among the people of God. But here's what Jude said about them. They are clouds without water. 
And they are carried about of winds, trees, whose fruit withereth, whose fruit withereth without fruit. They are twice dead. I want you to notice that word, twice dead, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. You can't be twice dead until you're twice born. Think about that. Was it not Jesus that said, except a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You gotta be born again to be saved. We all know that and everybody say amen. But the facts are, Jude said these are people that have been in the church that's not in the church anymore. They're raging waves of the sea. They're foaming out their own shame. These false preachers, these doctrinal, doctrinal scholars that have turned doctrine of God into theory and philosophy. I'm just saying these things now at living, but he said they're raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. He goes on and on and then he, he comes down to verse 16 and said these are murmurs. They're complainers. They're walking after their own lust and their mouth speaketh great swelling words having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, remember ye the words that were spoken of the apostles, our Lord Jesus and of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. They don't have the spirit. They're just there to destroy the things of God. But ye, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some, he said, have compassion, making a difference. And others, he said, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating the garment spotted by flesh. I read almost a whole book of James in that little prelude to what I have to say to you today. But what James is really saying is, hey, I want you to stop and take inventory of where you are what's going on around you, where you've been, where you're going. You need to understand there's a past here. There's a present here. There's a future here. You need to understand that there are some things that God is not pleased with. I haven't come to condemn anything or anybody today, but I was in my prayer and my seeking God. I, I guess I'm gonna date myself today, but it's okay. I'm getting old and I don't care. But I'm just going to tell you how it really is and how I really feel today. Because I believe it's the will of God for this generation to hear this. We don't need pansy preachers that want to slap you on the back and make you feel good. We want somebody to preach the word of God and dig deep into our spirit and our soul and make sure that we're right with the almighty God. We can't have words to just soothe our conscience. We need a Jew to stand up and say somebody needs to take inventory because we need to go back and make sure we're in line with apostolic doctrine and with the things 
that are written in the word of God. I haven't come to judge anybody, but I want to tell you America was built upon the foundations of what I hold in my hand. America was built. The, the Constitution was written with this in mind. The forefathers believed this Bible. We are so far removed from that right now in great parts of America. I want to tell you what we need more than anything else. It's not about the president. It's not about the Senate. It's about America. We need to turn our heart back to God because that's the only thing that is going to fix our nation and fix ourselves. I want to be relevant and I want to preach it like it is. But I got to be very honest. It doesn't start with America. It starts with me. And it starts with you. It starts with somebody. Judge, it starts with 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, all God is asking for is for you to stop and look back over your shoulder and see where we came from and then see where we are, and see where we're going. If we get ourselves right, we will be pleasing to God. I'm going to preach no matter if you say amen or not, so just buckle your seatbelt. The Word of God must remain our source of truth. We've been doing a Wednesday night deal on on truth over trends. It's been very good. Brother Roy's done a great job the last two Wednesday nights. It's not about just sincere people. You can be sincerely wrong. It's not about just a feel-good religion. The Bible said the Word of God is quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And it will cut you to the bone and the marrow. Anybody understand that? It gets down to where we live, doesn't it? It sometimes hurt. And we don't come to church just to feel good. I want you to feel good. I want you to feel the presence of God. But what I really want is for the word of God to get down in here. And to get us where we need to be. Because the five-fold ministry, apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists. and uh, The, the five-fold ministry is for this. They are for the perfecting of the saints. That means that somewhere we have to stop and say, where are we now? And where are we going? I want to tell you, I, 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 I look back over my shoulder. and I look, I'm, I'm not preaching against times. Everything changes. Everybody say everything changes. Light bulbs change. Hairdos change. Mine's all changed. What hadn't fell out fell gray. Clothes change. I remember skinny ties, then wide ties, then skinny ties. I don't ever remember skinny jeans. Everything changes. Automobiles change. Everything. Man, they got so much stuff on cars now. It used to be a, a, just a, a whim. Me and Jesse Masters and Cecil and James, we'd break one down and they'd under the old chinaberry tree, Jesse, and, and change everything in a day's time. Go to Harmon Raceway and race it that night. Not anymore. You got to have computers and gadgets and you can't even work on one anymore. What happened to the days of points and plugs and just simple stuff? We're, everything's changing. 
If you're if you're if you don't have a computer, you're probably lost. If you don't have a cell phone, you're probably lost. You, it's it's a new world. Everything has changed. But let me tell you what hasn't changed. God, God hasn't changed. He's still the same. He's the same as he was in the beginning. He's the same this very moment. And he will be the same 10,000 years from now. God doesn't change. And guess what else doesn't change? His idea against righteousness or unrighteousness hasn't changed. His opinion and his word hasn't changed. You can't change this. Let me tell you about this book I hold in my hand. It can change you, but you can't change it. If you change one dotted of an I or one crossing of a T, you're in danger of the plagues that are in this book. That's what the word of God said. It is forever settled in heaven heaven so in order for me to get my direction I have to be here I have to know this I have to put this in my spirit I have to put this in my mind I've got to put this in my soul I will tell you right now I will preach to me and I'm going to preach to you for just the next few minutes worship has got to be real worship I'm not going to like me now, but it's going to be okay. I've been here long enough that I can say what I want to, and I'm about to. I like all this modern stuff. Aren't you glad we got padded pews today? I'd hate to know we was gathering up in a tent this morning with no air conditioning, although I'm not sure this one's working. I'm sweating. I'm glad for all the the new things, screens, whoever thought, boy, let me turn the other way. That didn't look good. Had to put your eyes out. Screens, cameras, light people, sound people, guitars, keyboards, drums. I like it all. Organs. I like it all. I like our music, most of it. I like, I like, I like things the way they are. I'm not an old fogey. I'm not, I don't, they'll tell you I don't stop them doing anything. I don't, I don't mind the fog. I, I've had to fight over that a few times. I don't mind the lights. I don't mind all that. But let me tell you, worship is more than lights. And worship is more than fog. And worship is more than keyboards. And worship is more than drums. And worship is more than guitars. And it's more than getting up on your feet off a padded pew. Worship has to come from in here. If we're going to take inventory, let's get back to old fashioned worship where we lift our hands and we lift our hearts and we praise him from the depths of our soul because that's what God wants I mean they was worshiping God before they had any of this and people were slain in the spirit and the gifts of the spirit were in operation and we look I'm not I don't know why I'm preaching the way I am except that I don't want to see so modern that we forget what really works you know what touches the heart of God a soul that is hungry somebody that stands up and says thank you Jesus that's just been healed somebody that got direction in a prayer meeting in the night and they have found the answer and they give God glory and praise real worship the Bible said true worship must be done in spirit and in truth so 
with me. But if you ain't feeling nothing and you're just going through the motions, let me tell you what will help you. Get away from everybody. Go find you an altar. And pray through to the Holy Ghost until God shakes you like a leaf in the wind. And when you get up, your soul is refreshed. And you can't help but say hallelujah. You can't help but say praise the Lord. They can't shut you down because you have something inside. Let me tell you what will help you. It's not a congregation that's all worshiping. You feel like sometimes, well, maybe I ought to raise my hand. Everybody else is. No, they can't stop you from raising your hand when you get him in here like he really ought to be. I'm just telling you what pleases God. We need to do a little inventory in our own lives today that we may do the work of God as the church of the living God. Y'all thought I was sick, didn't you? I ain't sick. I'm like, I feel it all bundled up in here today. You see, somewhere, now look, y'all stick fingers in Leanne's ears. I don't want her to hear this. She's an Alabama fan. She's the only one unsaved in this church. Well, her two boys, and she's converted them. But look, I didn't like what happened to LSU last week. They got beat. That was that was hurt my pride real bad. Matter of fact, some guy that I hunt with up in Illinois, he sent me a long text Sunday morning. He said there was a storm that came through Baton Rouge, and it was balls raining everywhere. And they didn't know what to do with them. And he just went on and on for about three paragraphs on a text. And I just said, you better enjoy it. Because if I remember right, that same storm came through Starksville, Mississippi last year. That storm makes its rounds. But look, I'm an LSU fan. But after last week, you know what they had to do? I want you to hear me real well. They had to go back to the basics. There's some things that are basic. There's some things that you can't forget. And when you leave them out, you can be as fancy as you want to be, but until you get the basics. If you don't get the basics, ain't nothing else going to work, honey. All the flamboyancy, all the high-profile players, all the things that you brought. Oh, look at this recruit. Look at that recruit. Look, at look. I don't care how many recruits you got you got to go back to the basics. Let me tell you how it is in the church. There's some things that are principal and they're basic and you can't get rid of them. You, if you get rid of them, the rest of it is history. The rest of it is gone. And it starts with prayer. You can't get rid of it. If you don't pray as a Christian, you will no longer be a Christian. You will lose your place. I, I believe that with all of my heart. You'll wander way, way from God because Jesus himself said, I got to pray. Jesus had to pray. Paul had to pray. Paul said, I die every day. I got to pray. 
I got to pray. There's some basics, and 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 we got we've got to get back to where the basics are if we're going to take real inventory. Where is our prayer life? Here's something else. How much are we fasting? Here's something else. When's the last time you sat down and opened this book and started reading and you read and you read until God blessed you and refreshed your soul? Where's your commitment? I'm doing inventory this morning. Where's your worship? Where's your anointing? Come on now, somebody don't die on me here. Where's your giving? Where's the healing? Where's the miracles? Where's the signs and where the wonders? Uh, I'll tell you where they are. They're in the inventory. You gotta go back. I haven't prayed enough. I haven't given God my best. I haven't done what I should have done. I'm repenting of my sin. You know what I did in early morning hours this morning? I got up at 3.36 this morning and I've been up ever since. I done had a day before you got here. But most of it was with Jesus Christ. And here's what I told him. God, you gotta forgive me for not praying enough. You gotta forgive me for not giving enough. You gotta forgive me for not loving enough. I wanna take inventory and if there's something that I'm missing, I want you to touch me and to tell me right now. That's why I'm saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Here I am. I give all myself to you. You can't expect America to be great if the church don't pray. You can't expect America to be great if the church don't fast. If the church don't get in the word. If the church don't worship. If there's no commitment to God. This is not a Kiwanis club. This is not the Lions Club. You can't just pay your dues and be a member of a society. This is the church of the living God. He bought it with his own blood. He bought, aren't you glad you know Jesus today? He bought it with his own blood. And you get in this church by giving everything to him. Where's your treasure this morning? What do you love the most this morning? I've come to ruffle you up just a little bit and to stir your minds just a little bit and to have you do a personal inventory. You gotta get hatred out of your heart. You gotta get forgiveness in your spirit. You gotta you gotta love your neighbor as yourself. You gotta love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm just preaching to you today. Ah, God doesn't change. He never changes. So why have we? Paul said, oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Are you so foolish to believe that you can begin in the spirit and wind up in the flesh? That's what Paul said. Oh, foolish Galatians. The way you got to where you are is because God brought you to where you are. He put you here. He got you where you are. The reason you know him today is because he found you and he loved you and he saved you. The only way we're going to continue to be what God wants us to be is for us to say, here I am, Lord. When David, David and the scriptures got to doing a little inventory. When he got to looking at his own self and realizing what a mess he had made in his life. This wasn't in my notes, but I feel it in the Holy Ghost today. I want you to, I want you to listen to Psalms chapter 51. It's one of the greatest chapters because this is a prayer of David when he'd realized how much of a mess he'd made 
He said, have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. I'm, I'm here to tell you, God, I'm a sinner. Thank you, Judge, for saying what you did today. I'm the same way. I'm nothing but a sinner. Saved by the grace of God. David said, I can't forget what I've done. He said, my sin is always and ever before me. He said, against thee, the only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest me clear when thou judgest. He said, Lord, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, that means look and see, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and the hidden part, hidden part, Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. And then he said this, Purge me with hyssop. Purge me and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins. Blood out mine iniquities. And this is what I cried unto the Lord this very day. God created me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. David said, God, I've made a mess out of things. I've made a mess out of things. I need help today. Maybe I'm preaching to me. But I got a feeling. I'm preaching to several people. Maybe all of us. Every one of us. But if we truly did a little inventory, we would just have to back up and say, Lord, now, I haven't done my best. I haven't, I haven't done what I should have done. I want this church to remain a spirit-filled Holy Ghost church. If you're looking for a preacher that wants to just get through and use all the tools and, you know, I can go get sermons off the internet. I can go get sermons anywhere. I can, if, you want, if that's what you're wanting, you better go somewhere else because I ain't doing that. I'm going to preach to you the Word of God and I'm going to keep us in that Bible because that is our road map to heaven. But if that's what you want, if you want to be saved, it was Jeremiah that stepped up and said this in his prophecy. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Somebody say, ask for the old paths. He said, where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your soul. But they said, we will not walk therein. Ask for the old paths. I'm not, I'm not, look, I don't want to go back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I, I don't, that's not what I'm talking about. But I want to tell you this. 
I don't want to get so modern that we lose the anointing of God in our life. I don't want it to just be a whim and a fancy come to church, hurry up preacher so we can go eat. Somebody has got to be hungry for God. Somebody, the purpose of God in the earth is to save the lost. Luke 19.10 said, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. We can't rush through things. We can't just be so modern that it doesn't matter about the presence and the Spirit of God. Let me tell you what I want in this church more than anything that I can think of right now. I love good singing. I love good everything. You know that. I love it to look good. I want everything clean, everything nice. I want it to be the best. But more than anything else, I want the anointing of God upon this church. I want the hand of God to reach into our hearts and for us to be so committed and so sincere and love Him so much until nothing can stop us from doing His will. I love him too much to fail. I love him too much to break my vow. I have promised the Lord I would make it somehow. And I love him too much to fail him now. I love him too to fail him now. I love him too to ever break my vow for I promise over my life today and maybe I'm being nostalgic I don't know I have a blanket laying on my chair in my office where I pray that blanket's draped over the back of it that blanket is made out of my father's ties his neckties they took all of his neckties and made a beautiful blanket Just laid my hand upon those neckties, upon that blanket. I said, Lord, would you let the spirit of my father come to me? Would you let the spirit of my dad get a hold of me today? Because I was taught this. I was, I was preached this all my life. And I sat in his grave a few months ago and I said, Dad, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to keep preaching it. They might not like me, but I'm going to keep preaching it. 
Last sermon I preached in this church, I lost a couple. I, you know, it is what it is. You get mad over my preaching today. I love you. Hope you find a preacher that makes you feel better. But I'm going to tell you something today. I'm not here to run anybody off. But I'm here to tell you right now, if we don't do an inventory and get back to where God wants us to be, how long has it been since you had an old-fashioned apostolic prayer meeting on your own? A place that you got out to business with God and you cried and wept and prayed until the Spirit of God consumed you. Until your heart was empty of all malice and all envy and all strife and all jealousy and all hatred. Until you held nothing against anybody. How long has it been since you got out and you just said, God, I'm not leaving until you refresh me and renew me in your spirit. And I know you by the power of the Holy Ghost again. How long has it been? How long has it been? I'm not here today to condemn you. I'm just asking you to take inventory today because I, I am exhorting you that we must go back to that which was preached to the saints and entrusted to us in times gone by. Stand all over the house with me today.